Hey everyone, we're back now to do the seeding predictions for both the Western and Eastern Conference uh, for this year. Uh, previously, we did our MVP and like all the awards front runners. So we're back here. Uh, how are you doing, Jarrett? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to talk about more NBA. I'm excited for the season to start. I'm just excited. Yep, it tips off in 25 minutes. Yeah, we better hurry up so that um, I can tune in the tip off. <laughs> here we go. Let's start with the top ranks in the Western Conference. We did it by tiers, and the tiers are the first tier is like the teams that are going to be the clear possibility one and two favorites, and the clear guy, the clear teams that could make it out of the conference. Then we did the middle class tier, the tier that usually these teams make the playoffs all the time, but usually will either be a first round exit or they could go deep, but they're just going to have to sit in the lower seeds. And then we have the third tier teams that are just trying to sneak in the playoffs or playing the plan. So my first tier for the Western Conference, I had the Lakers at number one. I just think they're the clear favorites. The Clippers at number two. I don't think the Clippers' regular season record will show how good they actually are because low management and all that, and they just don't seem like the team that really goes full gear until the playoffs. And then number three, I had the Blazers. You know, I'm all about what you're saying with the Blazers. I really like the Blazers this year. I liked them last year. I can't believe what their record was. So this year, I think, is a different year. And those are the clear three teams, I think, that could make the one or two seed. Yeah. So I have, like, four teams in this uh, category. Number one, I had the Lakers. It's really hard to pick anyone over them. And number two, we've talked about this so many times. I'm sure the people listening are tired of it already. But I have the Blazers at number two. I really like them this year. I think they're going to be um, a conference championship contender. And number three, I had the Nuggets, who are also a team that I kind of like this year that aren't getting a ton of buzz. You know, they're they're the Nuggets. They're not really an exciting team in a big market, so they're not going to get a whole lot of buzz, but I think they're up there still. I think that last year's conference finals run wasn't a fluke, and they just might even do it again. They might even make the finals. Who knows? Um, and number four, this is the last team in this sort of tier where they're like playoff locks, contenders for the top couple of seeds. I had the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, the reason why I had them as low as four is because I have a little bit of a concern for them as in terms of like their team chemistry. Um, I think they'll figure it all out and they'll be fine. But there's a couple of new guys coming in. That they're going to have a new coach. It's a little bit of a new system maybe. And I just don't think they're going to be all the way at the top. But I think it's still a possibility. So I have them in this tier. And I think they're locked to make the playoffs, like no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, you know, this was, I just let the Nuggets outside of that middle tier and the Clippers are obviously in my top tier, my middle tier. I had the Nuggets number four. So I, I do see a case where they could be a top one or two seed. You know, they're one of those teams. They're kind of like the Bucks in a way, you know, they win a lot of regular season games. Usually number five, I had the Mavericks. I think they're clear, clearly obvious for like the fourth, fifth or sixth spot and the jazz at number six, but don't get me wrong. These teams in the middle tier, I think have just as good a chance of making the conference finals as the top three teams. I think they are honestly almost just as good. And that I think if they play their cards right and get matchups right and prepare correct for when the playoffs come, they could beat these number three, not top three teams in the league. Yeah, this is actually kind of weird because our lists are very similar. And, you know, we didn't really talk about this a whole lot um, before we recorded. Um, our top six teams are actually the same six. So my next tier, I had I included five through seven because, well, I'll just start at five. Number five, I had the Jazz, who are a team that a lot of people I think are sleeping on. I've seen 
a lot of predictions where they're, you know, outside of the top eight and playing in the play-in, which it's definitely possible. But with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I do not see them falling past the six or seven seed. Number six, I had the Mavs. I've seen a lot of takes where the Mavs are as high as the second seed. Um, you know, Luka Doncic MVP is definitely, there's a heavy, a heavy campaign going on for that. A lot of people are picking him. He's one of the favorites. Overhyped. Um, yeah, I think he's Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> I 100% agree with that, you know, which is kind of weird how much we agree on these things that we really didn't even talk about uh, beforehand. And number seven, another team that I have in this tier who, I mean, I'm not fully sold on them. I have to see them play first, but the Phoenix Suns, I think they're a lock for, I think seven is kind of almost their floor. Um, if the Rockets have James Harden all year, then the Rockets might be a little bit better, but the Suns at seven, I just don't see them missing out on the playoffs. And I think they could be a contender to make a deep run. Um, any thoughts on my top six or seven? It's interesting. You know, it's like you said, it's kind of the same as mine. And we just have a couple things different here and there, but nothing really that serious. Uh, I'll get into my third tier now. Number seven, I had the Suns. So we had them at around the same spot. Yeah, I had the Suns here. I'm not so high on the Suns. I think they're definitely a playoff team but you know that i can definitely see a case where they make the play-in or win or lose so it's gonna be interesting to see where they land i had the rockets in number eight which i honestly think is a more guaranteed spot for them it sounds weird because you think that be that they'd be at number seven but the rockets playing the play-in tournament then i just don't see any of these teams beating them harden's gonna go into this harden mode and put up 30 or whatever and number nine i had the pelicans 10 i had the warriors both these two teams for me on the outside looking in and are fighting for a playoff seed around the eight or seven spot. Yeah, so our top ten are the same. No massive surprises, and I think it's kind of a consensus top ten that a lot of people would agree with. Um, at number eight, I had the Rockets. The Rockets, you know, the Harden thing is a whole question. Who knows what's going to happen there, but I think they're going to face some adversity to the season. They're going to have guys coming back from injury, John Wall and Boogie Cousins, who might not be like 100% all the time because they're still, you know, they're not fully ready to go back to basketball. They might have to miss out on back-to-backs. Who knows? Sure. Christian Wood, though, is a guy who I like a lot as a signing. Honestly, he might have been one of the best free agents out of this class, uh, excluding Anthony Davis, of course. But, you know, Rockets at eight, I do think that they're also – a team that's going to make the playoffs. We're going to see them playing in a seven-game series. Um, whether they have to win a play or not, I'm not sure. But number nine is the Warriors. Now, Steph Curry does not have his splash brother, Clay Thompson, to play with him this year. I like some of the pieces they have around him, but I'm just not sold on him. He's going to have to put up crazy numbers and have a crazy year. And he hasn't played in a system without another guy like Clay, who's like all-star caliber. Who knows how he will be able to adapt I still think they're going to be nine. Some people have them a little bit higher, but I just, I'm not sold on them. I think they'll at least make the play in though. And 10, I have the Pelicans. Now, honestly, I kind of think that people are sleeping on the Grizzlies. Now it was hard for me to put, to put the Grizzlies over top of New Orleans, just because Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, um, a couple of the guys they acquired in this off season, like, you know, Steven Adams, whereas the Grizzlies didn't do a whole lot to get better. Jaron Jackson is going to miss the beginning of the year. And it's just hard for me to see the Grizzlies finishing over the Pelicans, but the Grizzlies are a team that doesn't get mentioned at all. And I think they're being counted out when realistically they have a slight chance, no matter how small it is. I do think that there is a situation where they end up 
in the play-in tournament over top of a New Orleans, maybe even a Houston, maybe even a Golden State. Um, and I went 11 or 12 deep rather for this because I just think it's going to be so close. And last year it was extremely co- close. Like I could honestly see three through nine being separated by less than five games this year. You know, last year, the two seed and the seven seed, which was the Clippers and the Mavs, were three and a half games apart, which is absurd when you think about it. You know, a couple wins and losses can give you a home court advantage when you're the seven seed. Um, and it's just, I think it's going to be the same way this year with how stacked all the teams are. And it's just going to be a great competition. I can't wait to watch it all unfold. But my 11 was the Grizzlies. I talked about them a little bit. Um, Brandon Clark, John Morant, you know, guys are counting them out, but I'm not going to. Obviously, they don't have the talent of the Pelicans, but there's a chance, I think, that, you know, they had a new head coach last year and he did a great job. They were the eighth seed up until the point of the hiatus and coronavirus, all that. And number 12, I have the Kings because, you know, the Kings, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, the rookie who I've said time and time again that I like, I think he's going to be talented. Buddy Heald, whether he stays or not, I'm not sure, but he's a good guy and if they get a good return for him, it could really help them out. Um, and Hassan Whiteside, he's not the best player, but he's going to you know, get his blocks. He's going to protect the rim. I just think that they have a couple of good pieces, and if everything goes right for them, they might find themselves in the play-in. Um, and so I just wanted to include them in the top 12. I don't really think that they're going to be in the play-in, but if a few things go right, I definitely think it's possible. Yeah, that's interesting because I didn't have either – I didn't have the Grizzlies or the um... – the Kings on my list. I just don't think they're teams that are going to stay consistent throughout the year. They're going to say, actually, no, I should, I'm going to correct that. Are going to be good consistent? I think they're going to be around average. The Kings, I just don't think are there yet. You know, obviously they were in the bubble last year. Um, the Grizzlies. Yeah. But just, uh, this Western conference is a little more loaded than it was last year. So I just don't think they're and they didn't do really anything in the all season. And like you said, Jackson will be missing. Uh, some time in the beginning of the year, which is not going to be good because every game is going to count for those teams that are on the playing area. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Eastern Conference now. Uh, the East is a little bit different now. There's a lot of guys returning from injuries, a lot of players that have been traded, uh, some switch conferences. And, you know, the East, I think, has just as many contenders, if not a little less, than the West. And now I think the teams out of the East could actually win. You know, the West has been the most dominant conference for the last couple of years. And, the top tier for the East this year, I think, has a legitimate chance of winning. Uh, mine, I'll, we'll get right into it. My number one and two made the top tier. I had the Bucks at number one and Nets at number two. Uh, you know, I see a case for the Nets to only make the sixth or seventh seed. But I just think that both these teams are going to do really well in the regular season. And I think they will both end up making the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, the middle tier is just as close, which I'll get into that after you talk about your first tier. I had the same two teams, but I had a flip-flop. The Nets were my one seed. The reason being, the Bucks. we saw how dominant dominant they were in the regular season over the past couple of years. Now, with this offseason, what they did, they got rid of a little bit of their depth and instead went in and got a guy like Drew Holiday, who's an elite perimeter defender. He can handle the ball, and he's like a third star for them, um, maybe even a co-second star with Chris Middleton. And that's going to in turn, make them a little bit better of a playoff team and a little less good of a regular season team because their, like, nine-man rotation is stronger now, but their, you know, deeper rotation that they're going to be playing in regular season matchups is weaker. 
So I still think they're going to be a top two seed. Maybe even they're, they might end up at one. It's just splitting hairs here. But I think the Nets are going to be a little bit better because of the depth that the Nets actually do have. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize it, but their roster is pretty deep with guys. You know, it's some sleepers like Landry Shamit who can shoot the ball well. Bruce Brown, who's a great defender. Um, Jeff Green, who lit it up in the bubble. It's just guys who, if they get a little bit lucky with them, could end up being in their uh, like nine-man playoff rotation. And there's like you know 12 or 13 of them on the Nets that I think could contribute to the team in the rotation. And obviously, you know, the the guys like Kyrie and KD, their injuries are a little bit of a concern, so they might miss some games. But when you have backups like Spencer Dimwitty and Paris Levert, who are going to be able to step up when they're not there and take all of the workload and be able to score the ball just almost just as well as those two would have. Um, I don't think they're going to, that's going to be too much of a problem for them in those regular season matchups where KD and Kyrie have to get their rest. Um, but those were my top two teams and the top tier that I think are all, they're both locks to make the playoffs. They're both going to be a top four seed no matter what happens. Obviously, barring like some insane injury, but uh, let's get into the next. Yeah, year. that's a that's an insane take. Like I never thought about that. That had to be one of the smartest sports take I've ever heard. With what you said about the Bucks, I don't think my brain would have ever thought about that. You know, everything you said there is really true with how that the full roster is not as deep, but that nine man rotation is much deeper. You know, I I'm sorry, I'm just amazed. I my brain would have never thought about that. I I was nowhere near thinking about that, but that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm going to go to my middle tier now. Third and fourth seed are what made the middle tier. I had the 76ers and Celtics. I think both these two teams could be at the number two seed. I don't think they will be. But I think they have a good shot at the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, a couple wins and a couple lucky wins come away. Maybe they make the finals. But, you know, these two teams rounded out in the third and fourth seed. I think they could easily be flip-flopped. I'm not as high on the Celtics as a lot of people are. I just don't think they have what it takes yet. You know, I, I just think they have too many good scores. I think they need more. You know, I think they need more guys that can really do off ball work instead. Yeah. Um. I also had two teams in this tier. Um. Number three is the Sixers, which I might be a little bit high on them. Maybe it's some fan bias kicking in, but the roster that they have and the new coaching staff, I just think it's all going to fit together a lot better than it has the past couple of years for them. And, you know, if the thing, everything goes right for the Sixers, they could find themselves in the finals. And number four, I have the Heat. Miami, they just came off the finals run. They didn't do a whole lot in the offseason. They lost a guy or two, Jay Crowder. Um, they picked up Avery Bradley. But it's basically the same core team. Jimmy Butler is getting a little bit older, but Bam Adebayo is going to continue to get better. You know, we both think that Tyler Hero is hyped, overhyped and overrated, but Maybe he is a young star budding and he'll improve some. I'm I'm just saying I'm doubting it, though, but it's definitely a possibility. Those are my three and four seed. I think they're going to uh, be better than the Celtics just because of the Celtics' death. I'll talk about that when I get into my next year, but who do you have in your um, kind of next year? Yeah, my third tier. My third tier gets really interesting. This has a lot of teams in it. It goes from the fifth seed all the way to the tenth seed. Uh you know, you had the Heat inside that middle tier. I don't like the Heat. I really don't. You know, I think last year was kind of a fluke year. I think they had to go through some teams that were not the best, and I think they got lucky in a couple of their games. You know, obviously they have that good teammate chemistry, and I think they're a good fifth through eighth seed around there. You know, I see the Heat being okay 
and I see them taking the Bucks, Nets, or Sixers in a deep series, but then falling just short. That's where I see them ending. Uh, so I had them at number five. Six, I had the Raptors. They keep falling off. You know, eventually they'll be outside of it, I think. Seven, I had the Pacers. Uh, I just think the Pacers are going to do what they usually do every year. But this year, they might make the play-in. And then, who knows, they'll probably get knocked out if they make the play-in. Eight, I had the Hawks. You know, Hawks look a lot better this year. I think they could definitely lock up the eight seed, and they're my favorite for it. I think they're going to win the playing game. And nine and ten, I had the Magic, the Wizards. I think both of these two teams will get into the playing tournament, but I both think they'll lose. You know, I do see a case where the Wizards actually make it in because I see a case where – Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook combined for 60 and has some really good games that get them to the eighth seed just to get swept by the Bucks or Nets. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens around there. Yeah, I have this next bunch of teams grouped into two separate tiers, unlike you. Five, I have the Celtics. I'm lower on them than you are just because, you know, this year with COVID, there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to be out of games and you have to find a replacement with short notice. And their team does not have a lot of depth. Uh, Kemba Walker's knee injury is a major red flag for me. So what's happening is he's getting stem cells injected into his knee, which, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but I kind of think that's like Tommy John surgery, except for your knee, which does not sound very promising for his return and him being athletic um, when he comes back to play. So I'm not relying on Kemba. I think that Jason Tatum is going to have a great year. I think Jalen Brown's going to have a great year, but their depth is just not there. Um, Jeff T coming off the bench, Tristan Thompson or Daniel Tice, whichever one starts, whichever one's on the bench. Those are only two reliable bench options. They got a couple of rookies with some promise. Aaron Neesmith, he was regarded as one of the best shooters coming into the draft. He did not do very well in the preseason in my eyes. I I'm, I wasn't very high on him either coming into the draft. I think he's might be uh, destined to be a bust. And Peyton Pritchard, he's got some hype around him. He made some big shots in preseason. I don't see it. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't think he'll be able to contribute that much. The other injuries they have, Romeo Langford's out for a little while, and the guys they're going to have to rely on, Grant, Grant Williams, who I believe in him. I think he's going to have a good year, but Robert Williams is where it gets a little bit shaky. You're going to have to give him some minutes. Semi Ojale, uh, yeah, he's not a guy that you want to give more than five, ten minutes a game. And they're going to have to give him more than that, especially when guys go down with COVID and all of a sudden you have semi Ojale in your starting lineup. That's a recipe for disaster. Although I do have him at the fifth seed because Jason Tatum, I think, might honestly be in the MVP conversation if he plays good enough. And they have a good team, good coach. But let's move on to number six. This is a team that I'm higher on than you are. I have the Washington Wizards. Now, some people are counting them out, but when you have guys like Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, that much star power gets you in the playoffs in the weak Eastern Conference, no matter what I think. And they have good role players around them. Troy Brown Jr., who I'm high on. Thomas Bryant, not a great defender, not a great rebounder, but he can shoot the three. Um, and, you know, there's other ones. Rookie Den- Denny Avia, Davis Bertans, the Latvian sniper, whatever they call him. He's, you know, European. He's got some nickname. I'm pretty sure I just butchered it, but... Whatever, let's move on to the Raptors, who I have at number seven, the last team in this tier. I think that these three teams are playoff locks. The Raptors, you know, like you said, they're going to steadily decline. I just, I don't, th- I don't see them mi- missing the playoffs. They might have to compete in the play-in. But with the coaching that Nick Nurse gives them, 
the leadership that Kyle Lowry gives them, they might not have a number one option, but I still think they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. Um, what are your thoughts on my take about those three teams? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I honestly agree with everything you say. Uh, I only hear facts. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just the, – the conferences this year are really interesting, especially the play makes it a lot more intriguing. You know, it was probably best for NBA. You know, I'm, I like the idea of the play-in tournament. I'm sure some seven or eight seeds are not going to be happy about it that I don't get knocked out. But, you know, yeah, everything you said was right. It's just – it's really interesting. I like how you did two, two separate tiers. You know, we did not go over each other's list before this, and I liked what you yeah, did there. Yeah, so let me just finish off. At eight, I had the Hawks. I like the guys they brought in. I like Trey Young. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to be a serious threat, but they're going to be a little bit frisky. You know, and nine, the Pacers, I'm a little bit lower on them than you and most, to be fair, but they just haven't gotten better. Victor Oladipo doesn't look the same, which is disappointing because he was really explosive and polarizing um, back in those days in Indiana before he got injured. So it sucks to see a player um, kind of decline like that. I still think he's going to play a big role, but he's just not at an all-star level anymore. And the Magic rounded off my top ten. They're just a team that's made it into the playoffs the past couple of years, but they haven't done enough to keep up. And this is the year that I think they fall off. They still make the play in though, but I don't think they make it in. Um, yeah. What you said about the magic is true. They're definitely going to fall off this year, I think. And that's going to wrap it up. You know, thanks for listening to our predictions podcast. Uh, this is obviously the last one concerning the season starts. Well, actually at this minute, it is tip off time in Brooklyn. Uh, so we're going to be making podcasts every week for NBA, you know, recaps for every Sixers game and weekly recaps for the whole NBA. And, you know, if there's special topics, we'll make certain podcasts on those. So thanks for listening. Keep tuning in, especially if you're a big yep, NBA fan. Thank you.